Welcome to issue 145 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here, we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled as villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Will, and joining me is Daniel. Hello! Great to have you. Thanks. Steve? Hi, Will. Hi, Steve. And Mike. Will, so nice to see you again. It's always a pleasure. You know, um, viewers will probably uh, know that we have not had you on the show, but we have had (laughs) a you on the show. Uh, We just have not introduced you yet as Will. You were Thunderball. I was. And uh, thanks for stepping in to do that. So, hey, let's give you a shout, a shot to uh, actually say who you are and what you do here. So, uh, uh, let me just start off by saying, Will, um, I've been gaming with you for a while. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. And I want to start off by saying thank you for so much for your help back in the early days of the League of Cooperative Gaming. Uh, You gave me a big, uh, you were a big inspiration, and you gave me a lot of technical assistance as I was getting the bots up and going. So, thank you very much for that. I'm uh, happy. Yeah, we often thank Mike for that, but really, it's it's you. We should thank. <laughs> I had no idea that Will did any of that. Mike was definitely hiding that somewhere. Oh yeah, Mike took all the credit all the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> so villainous. <laughs> I mean, Will did ten years started. later. You're thanking Will. <laughs> he gave me a lot of tech support. It was wonderful. Yeah, thank you, Will, for that and all you do for the community. No problem. I'm happy to help. Okay, so I'm going to pass the mic over to you and uh, ask you. Uh, what do you do here? What else do you want to give a shout out for? Yeah. Um, so I'm Will, Funky Monkey Monk. Um, some of you might be using uh, a tabletop simulator mod. Uh, back in the day, it was Funky Monkey Monk's mod. Uh, now uh, other creators have picked it up. And actually soon we should be re-releasing a new uh, Ultimates version that would include all of the X-Men as well. But uh, many of the automated mods I've had my hand in somewhere along the line. Oh, cool. Thank you for that. That makes life a lot easier playing Tabletop Simulator. You're absolutely welcome. And I hope Steve puts in that pause. (laughs) (laughs) All right, switching gears. We'll get back to Will in a moment. Before we do that, I want to ask Daniel, Mm. what's on your mind tonight? What is on my mind tonight? Well, we've got a question for the crew. Um, This comes from our lovely longtime listener danimal he says this and I, I mike you know my answer and i want you to answer this as if you were me okay i haven't even read the question no yet, but so. i will read it to you and you'll know exactly what the right answer is if you're channeling me okay i'll, I'll, I'll do my best let me about, get in the mode i know mike it's too. about being a hero okay all right so danimal asks this when playing a game and the loss is inevitable Oh, do you play it all the way I already through? Know what he's asking. <laughs> do you play it all the way through, placing all the threat, dealing damage, etc.? I ask because most people just seem to scoop and restart. However, when they're winning, they seem more likely to play everything out, showing how badly they could continue to beat on the villain, their minions, and remove threats from their schemes. So it's a kind of a two-part question in my mind. Mike, one is Mike and Will and Steve. It's like, look, if you're losing, you just give up. Right. Like at what point do you make that decision to scoop? Because there's no way we can make it like there's that. But then there's also the part like, so why don't you scoop when you're obviously winning? Which I think is a really interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Second question. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. like nobody seems to scoop when it's inevitable that they're just 
clobbering to death the villain, right? But they'll give up. So, Mike, pretend you're channel me, and you're you're asked, loss is inevitable, but do you play it all the way through? I mean, you do. There's only been a couple very rare occasions where the salt has gotten the better of you, and you have not wanted to play it through. I will echo. And those are all Mount Doom. To some degree. <laughs> like, it's, there's that point where you want to give up. Right when you hit that point, don't do that. Like, play it out at least a couple turns. And this isn't a story about this game, another game. Uh, we were at a convention where we were playing Lord of the Rings, living card game, and we were in a situation, I was playing with three other guys, and we had every enemy in the encounter deck on the table, every location on the table. And what that means, and this kind of translates to Marvel Champions, imagine that the encounter deck had 10 treacheries and five of them were kneecappers. That's what we were <laughs> left with. And the win condition was kill every enemy. And it was it was ludicrous. It was ludicrous. But I convinced them to stay in another round, and then one round became two rounds. and that's when all the real strategizing came into play. And we actually managed to pull out a win. And I, I'm shocked that we did. I thought it was just going to be a, you know, a, a less terrible loss, but uh, we actually pulled it off. So it's not always a given. Nope. And I can think of, Mike, a number of Monday Night Twitch casts where we pushed through that moment and won. Yeah. Right? And yep. I like what you said, too, where you're like, well, that's where the strategy and like being, you know, like really working at this game comes in. It's not when you're winning easily. Yeah, it's when you're you're behind it all and things are just mounting. You're like, it's going to take this and this and this. It's time for heroes. Let's see if it works. And that's when the cooperation matters. <laughs> yeah, and if, if it's not going to work, it will be done over. It'll be over soon, anyhow. Yep, exactly. But Stephen, will do you guys ever scoop when you're obviously winning? When I'm obviously winning? Yeah, or do you play that out? No. Uh, with this, when he mentioned it like this, I started feeling really bad. Because I tend to do the whole, like, especially if there's, like, three or four of us at the table, and I'm player four, and player two kills the, defeats the villain, and we won. I'm like, yeah, but I could have done all of this. And, <laughs> and I got to, you know, like, I could have done 14 points of damage and removed 16 pieces of threat or whatever, like, yeah, right. because cause I got preempted two, two turns ahead of me, right? Um, I'm not going to do that anymore, I think. I, that's just mean uh, <laughs> to the villain, and I don't want to be mean to yeah. the villain. Thank you, Danimal, for turning us into more ethical people. Yeah, I, I, but I do, I do like to play it out. Um, the three of us and Catherine, we were at Con of the Rings, and the very first game we sat down, and like by round one, every enemy was on the table except for two, and I thought yep. we were done for, and we met, you know, we kept playing on that, and that was a lot of fun. I think we won. I can't no, remember. we lost that one. Did we lose it? All right, we but we played it, it out. At the very end, it was like it came down to the last turn, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Will? So I scoop as soon as someone on the table goes down because I play a lot of three and four player games, and sure. I don't want to leave my friends sitting there watching me play against the villain. <laughs> that's okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, now, yeah. now, will you do that if it's like the we could still win? Like if we could win this turn, so they only have to sit out like one turn. Right or or are you scooping when they go out and it's clear that the game is going to be another hour and a half? So our rules are: if anyone goes down, we lost. Oh, oh okay, okay. Because... Daniel, we would have lost a lot more if yep. you get that rule. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Heroes don't leave anyone behind. At least not good heroes. That's right. Well, no, I like that rule a lot. 
Yeah, we've done the whole like, well, Nathan, Nathan's out, but we could still win this round. So let's see if we can finish if it's a sacrifice in right. vain or not. But then we've also done the whole like, all right, well, if we keep going, it's be an hour and a half from now, and he's just gonna sit there looking at us. So let's scoop. Yeah. And you don't want him looking at you. He's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> With a sad puppy eyes. <laughs> yeah. I'll also throw out there, I've spent a solid like 15, 20 minutes on the last turn just trying to see how far into the negative we could push the villain. Yeah, yeah. How many more times can I bring Maria Hill up? <laughs> you do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a house rule, Will, that if you beat him by negative 50, you take him out of your collection? <laughs> <laughs> Never play Rhino again. <laughs> He's dead, dead now. Well, that's a great question. Thanks, Danimal. Thank you, Danimal. Yeah, that was awesome. But always remember, folks, it's time for heroes. You just, you just keep going. You push through. Except on this podcast, where it's time for villains. Time for villains. <laughs> Speaking of Steve, what's <laughs> happening tonight? Why is Will here? Yeah, Will is here because we're going to do a Shadow of the Past, our very first Sinister Motives uh, wave. Spider-Man, the Miles Morales oh. version, the Nemesis set. So he's here to talk all about Prowler. Sweet. Yeah. So will um, Spider-Man? We're gonna say Spider-Man a lot in reference to Miles Morales, and we're just gonna know what's the which Spider-Man we're talking about, right? Uh, the good one. The yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> They're Both all good. good. Yeah. The good guys. Oh, I yeah. promise. By the end of this, we won't know who Spider-Man is. We won't know who Miles is. We won't know who anyone is. Because oh, this is all right. the Spider-Verse. Okay. All, all right. Well, go for it. Just take yeah. us in. So um, I thought it was a little weird you reached out to me to, to talk about Prowler because, you know, Prowler's a hero. I mean, uh, <laughs> Hobie Brown, the Prowler uh, in Earth-616, he's a hero. Um, or are you talking about Rick Lawson, who is, you know, a villain a little bit? Um, there were so many different Prowlers. But when you're looking specifically at the Miles Morales, Aaron Davis Prowler, you see a guy who is, quote unquote, wrapped up in crime, working with his brother, Jefferson Davis. Y- you know, that Jefferson Davis, Officer yeah. Davis? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Jefferson Davis. Who's an undercover cop. So, like, yeah, not exactly the most criminal of elements, who then goes to work for Roxon. And he's, you know, I, you could say corporate espionage is technically a crime, but come on, Black Widow's a spy. Like, what's the difference here? Yeah, right. Um, I'd say, like, the first time you see an actual act of villainy, this is entirely out of love for, his, for Miles and for his nephew. Um, when the Tinkerer finds out and figures out who Spider-Man actually is, and, you know, Aaron, or, uh, Aaron's there... And realizes, oh, that's my nephew. He shoots him to keep his identity safe. Wow. Yeah. That, that's great. And this is the story in a whole of Prowler. The guy who's just trying to make it through. Who's trying to keep things going. While at the same time is constantly being ruined by his idiot nephew, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is just a kid. Come on. I mean, okay. But... Let's talk about that. Yeah, he's just a kid. But he's a kid who, with, with Aaron's help, took down Scorpion. Oh, mm. impressive. Mm. 
And then what does he get as a thank you for that? Miles tells him to leave the family alone and get out of the city. Mm, That's harsh. And when he goes, this is my city too. Like I live here. This is where I want to be. Miles kills him. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Miles kills him. Wait, when is this? Really? Does he come back? Are you talking like metaphorical death or kill kill? No, I'm talking dead as a doornail. And that (laughs) is the end. And that is the end of Prowler, except it's the Spider-Verse. And it's like these comics where no one ever dies, right? Yeah, so everything I'm talking about here with Roxanne and Oscorp, that that happens in a different universe. That happens in the Ultimates universe. Oh. Um, So if you're familiar with all the different Earths and stuff like that, that's Earth 1610. But we're talking about the multiverse, all of the possible places. And we're used to thinking of Earth 616 as the primary universe. Right. Well, after the universes kind of explode and we end up having all these crossovers and the mergers and Miles ends up on Earth 616, Aaron wakes up like nothing ever happened. Just wakes up in bed. He's been dead for years, but he just (laughs) wakes up. Both the same one? Same one. Oh, okay. Because uh, here there isn't an Aaron, and the whole Davis family is there, kind of, mostly, yes. Um, And he ends up working for Miles Morales, but not his nephew, Miles Morales, uh, the villain Ultimatum, who is also Miles Morales. You mean we got gypped with the wrong Miles Morales? Yep. Oh. Oh. So we have multiple Spider-Mans, multiple Miles... Multiple yep. prowl, not but not multiple prowlers. Oh no, we have yes. four different prowlers. Four different prowlers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, one of them was Hobie Brown. We've already seen a card from him because in Earth three one eight, that was Spider Punk. <laughs> That's the rock star one, by the way. The yeah, yeah, well, punk rock star. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, punk rock and rock. Yeah. It's no, you're, yep. I will yep. say rock punk is my preferred genre. <laughs> rock punk? Yeah. I don't remember Hobie Brown. Uh, he's one card. of the neutrals, yeah. Okay. Like when he disappears, he deals indirect damage to the villain or something like that. Okay, so my question is, what is the Prowler's like abilities or what does he what does he do? So and here's here's really the kicker. Like the Prowler suit is great, like he has this kind of electric fists kind of thing going on. But realistically, the Prowler's abilities are that Aaron's inside. Aaron's a master thief. Aaron's an expert acrobat and a phenomenal martial artist. And a good marksman to boot. Like, honestly, this guy was slumming it working for most of the people he's worked for. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Just going to so this- say, like, honestly, I think this is the... the the most real story of a guy who just ended up with a bad rap. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And it's like you say, I mean, uh, Black Widow is considered a hero, but she's got just as shady a past as some of these characters. Yeah. She tries I would to do say good, they do good. Yep. Well, I think the difference is that she's Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy, you were not cast right. Yeah. Stay behind the mask. 
But I do like that it's a suit that is just a suit, right? It's not giving him anything. It's not like some, I'd be nothing without my, you know, Iron Man suit. Like, I think he's got his toys, but... He's got things that go on him and stuff. We'll talk about those, but, like, he's just got his own skill set. Yeah. So he has the Vibro Shock Gauntlets, which emits uh, shock sonic waves. Okay. Um, there is, a like, a flight harness going on. Um, but, like, realistically, besides... A guy with a taser is almost rocking the same kind of situation here. <laughs> like, the Prowler is the Prowler because he's the Prowler. The The suit isn't what's making this man. It's just augmenting his already natural abilities. Yeah. So you might say that he's already learned the lesson that it takes Spider-Man, like, three movies to learn. Yep. Okay. Just, well, villains are always Just smart. emphasizing that. Yep. Yep. Well, shall we talk about some cards? I want to... Well, wait, he's smarter, wait. I want to know, is the Prowler in the 616 now? He is. And in fact, the, the, the worst part about this is he hasn't learned his lesson. He tried to go straight for Miles um, and completely give up crime, which obviously failed because Miles got himself caught. And then Jefferson, along with Aaron, because Jefferson can't do it alone had to go and retrieve him and work through with Ultimatum, like try to find a way to get the two of them out of there, which ended up with Prowler going, having to go back to work for Ultimatum. Or as I mentioned before, the other Miles Morales. Yeah, yep. So Prowler's actually a good guy, kind of? So it really depends on how you want to look at it. I personally see Prowler as, frankly, one of the better characters. In this universe. Okay. I think I like Prowler more than a lot of villains because he doesn't have that sleazy side that you just, they put in there so that you hate him. Like a lot of these other characters, they there's something about them that you really dislike. Like the hood had a side you don't like. But the Prowler seems to be, you no know, really out doing this for his family, from what I've read at least. And he got shunned by his family for doing this. Like, Yep. And then he still know. does it. He still does uh-huh. it. I'm just going to say, We Don't Talk About Prowler could definitely be a song. (laughs) (laughs) All right, start lyricing it out, Mike. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay, interesting. Well, geez, I kind of like this guy. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't sound like too bad a guy. You feel bad beating him up. Yeah, I I frankly don't think he deserves to be on the show. He's he's too much of a hero. That's Mm. why I was confused when you called me for him. Yeah, well. Well, we discussed those poorly understood characters. Unfairly. Unfairly. Maybe, maybe there you go. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe they've done something with the cards to make him make him yeah, more right. directly. Let's get, right? let's yeah, right. Some cards, yeah. Well, Mike always reads the obligation. Yeah, so we're going to look at Miles' nemesis <laughs> set. One obligation, five cards, four by title. Mike, you got to read that obligation, like Daniel said. I don't Language. know anymore. <laughs> Come on. Language. <laughs> um. <laughs> I didn't wow. know two cursed. Um, <laughs> Mike is essentially a sailor. More well, than you think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I say language a lot. I talk a lot about language. I don't know. <laughs> I think you got this thing because you're from Canada that people think you're just like a nice, mild-mannered guy. Filthy mouth. Filthy mouth on this one. <laughs> Do you think maybe I'm keeping secrets? Oh, maybe. Oh, hey, hey. What would that look like, Mike, if you were? Yeah, it would definitely be an obligation. Kind of like the one in Miles Morales said. 
<laughs> with two boost icons, you give it to the Miles Morales player. You may flip to alter ego form. Choose either exhaust Miles Morales to remove keeping secrets from the game, or discard Genki Lee and Jefferson Davis from play. If neither was discarded this way, this card gains surge. Discard this obligation. Huh. All right. It's fairly like basic, right? Flip and exhaust mechanic. Yeah. Or, or get rid of some of your supports. Getting rid of both, I think, hurts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've spent resources to put them out there. Um, Genki Lee, like, he draws you cards, right? I forget what Jefferson Davis does. So does everyone else, because he's just not that good of a card. Doesn't he give you plus one thwart? I guess I can't remember. I thought he boosted something while he was in play, but maybe not. Because Andy played Miles Morales in our last campaign, and I don't even know if his obligation ever came up. But I also don't remember him defending very much, so he he was probably always ready when this came up. Do you, Have you guys played Miles Morales? Yes, I have played him. I, I haven't yet. Uh, you're right. It's an alter ego action. You exhaust Jefferson Davis, remove one threat from the scheme, oh, like okay. the least threat. So you don't even get to choose. That's right. Okay, I knew it had a thwarty aspect to it. Okay, um, well that's not bad. I mean, it's if you keep them around a whole game, that's a whole bunch of threat. It's bad if there's a crisis icon out, and <laughs> the lowest threat happens to be the main scheme. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he likes his support. It's just yeah, getting rid of yeah. both of them is uh more than most of these obligation cards usually punish you for. Yeah, I don't think it's there. I don't think it's the worst one though. I mean, like so the Genki Lee lets you draw a card, but if you're a hero form, you have to discard a card, so that just cycles. Um, I I think Miles is benefits from all his like stun and confused and triggering all his venom blast and things like that. So I don't think those two cards are like the most critical to him. It's not mm-hmm. like Ms. the new Cyclops where like you lose the visor and that's his whole shtick. He can't do anything without that. Um, yeah, right. so I think it's fairly weak in the long run, but you know, it's not the it's not the most punishing of obligations. We'll say I mean, that. maybe it should be because he's just a kid, Steve. I know. Well, and and the fl- fact that it lets you flip to Miles that's like a free flip because when Miles has the ability, when you flip into Alter Ego, you get to do something, so it's almost a benefit. <laughs> so <laughs> it's another one of those where they're being too nice to the heroes. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, heck, you might as well. I mean, if you have Gangy Lee or Jefferson Davis in play, might as well do that. Yeah. Right? But, yeah, might as well. Because, yeah, you have to discard them both if they're in play, but only one needs to be discarded to avoid surge, right? Right. So, so like, if you just had Gangy Lee, you'd chuck him, and it wouldn't surge, right? Right. Okay. Wow. All right. I mean, yeah, maybe you don't do the whole exhaust. I don't know. But then, as you're saying, Steve, even if you do, that's fine. Man. Yeah, it's fairly nice to Miles Morales. Well, now I want to go and I want to look at all the obligations for all heroes under the age of 18. (laughs) And see if they're really nice. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because there's a couple. We got at least four heroes that are kids, right? Yeah, I think so. Well, the funny thing is, is this one for Miles is like, it's he has to keep a secret. So, like, these guys aren't around to talk about him. The Peter Parker Spider-Man, they're like, we're kicking you out of your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what being an adult is, folks. Pay your rent and get out. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about we talk about Prowler? Will, that's on you. Why don't you give us the man? So Prowler. 
one scheme to attack, five hit points, stalwart. And when revealed, if you are in alter ego form, give Prowler a tough status card. And he has a two boost icon. Hmm. That's an interesting when revealed. I like it. So Will is our is our resident scholar on Prowler. Why is he only tough when you're in alter ego? So Prowler is one of your few nemesis that actually knows your alter ego form. Ah. Okay. okay. Yes, yes. All right. So if you start out as Miles, he knows who you are. And that makes sense. Yeah. What I will say is I feel like one scheme is far too little for for our man who is broken into Oscorp. Mm. (laughs) I don't think they're giving him credit again. Well... Yeah, I'm thinking he needs one in all of his stats. One, uh, plus one in all of his stats. Yeah. Even that two's not doing much, considering he's only got five hit points. I mean, the stalwart's nice. Really nice. Yeah. But less so when you have only five hit points. Now, for those of you that play Miles, how often are you in Alter Ego? Is he one of those half-half heroes? You flip enough because, like I said, he gives you... If you flip into Miles, you get to shuffle a card from your discard pile into your deck, I think. Okay. All right. Um, so you want to be you want to flip sometimes. Um, so you might be an alter ego because you're doing. So that. there's an okay chance that that works out. Yeah. Okay. So when I was playing Miles, I wasn't flipping down very often because, and this is I think one of the unfair things for uh, for Prowler to have to work around is Miles has or Miles comes with that uh, ability double life. Yeah. Like he can change his form and then uh, change again. Uh, so I found that I would be in hero form most times, and when I wanted to flip down, I'd play double life to do it. Oh. Yeah, and if you use a physical for that, you get to ready up as well, so you could, like, recover and then come right back. So, yeah, there is that. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to spend a lot of time, but his two supports, the Gank Lee, Ganky Lee, and Jefferson Davis, both are better in Alter Ego, or like Jefferson's only usable in Alter Ego. Gank is better. You don't have to discard the card. So he has reasons to be in Alter Ego, but there's reasons to not be as well, right? With Prowler. Mm. So okay. I do like the Stalwart because it just prevents Venom Blast and Camouflage. Like Miles likes to stun and confuse. That's yeah. his whole shtick, and you can't do it to Prowler. So that makes him teched properly against him, I like. I think but that's does nice. he have a shtick that hits for five, like a lot of heroes do, or is he more just low damage stun? I think he does, but only for stunned, doesn't he? Well, his web shot does four damage, but triggers your Venom Blast, which does two more. So, I mean, you could do four, and then you can still pile on another two. So you could hit him for Prowler for six with one of his events. Okay. Yeah. So Stalwart is... Sort of meaningful, but not really. Yeah. I think I think he needs one of those cards that gives him plus five hit points. Yeah. Well, that'd be nice. You know what else he needs, fellas? What? Quick strike. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> See, I think they could have made his when revealed um, that he attacks, regardless of what form you're in, and it would have still been just as thematically appropriate. Oh, yeah. 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 It probably would have been better, because of toughs and eh, whatever. So... Hmm. They're concerned about child abuse. <laughs> wow. Just went wow. right there. That, uh, hey, Steve, right. why don't you read the next card? <laughs> so they have a side scheme. 
uh, is tracking prey. Prowler is on the hunt and won't stop until he corners his prey. When revealed, if you are in alter ego form, place one acceleration token here. It has a four threat, just straight up four. It has an acceleration icon and has three boost icons. Uh, uh, okay, so it's... All right, this is another thing expecting you to be in alter ego. Yeah, it's doubling down on that mechanic. So yep. are you guys sure that you don't spend a lot of time there as well? <laughs> <laughs> or, do you, or does this nemesis set force you into being a hero? I mean, well, obviously you might you'll go games and games without even seeing it. But when when Shadow of the Past flips and you've got to deal with Prowler, I, I mean, you can't expect that. I don't. I yeah. don't get this whole. I don't get this whole when revealed an alter ego thing based on what you guys have said about playing Miles yet. Yeah, it, you're right. It doesn't want you to be an alter ego, so it keeps you in hero. But I don't think he has a hard time being in hero because he gets to stun so often. But he does get to confuse the villain a bunch as well so which might make you flip to alter ego oh, because like well, i've confused the villain he's not going to scheme so i'm going to flip to alter ego to get the bigger hand size and things like that why waste so, the opportunity yeah okay. there's the chance all right i mean if you're an alter ego this is a double acceleration if you're right. not just an acceleration with four um in a multiplayer game that's like nothing but three boost icons the boost icons in this set are pretty good so far yeah. Yeah. So far. <laughs> oh, foreshadowing, Mike. Um, I feel like the guy needs something. He just needs something uh, to bring with him. Like maybe Razor Claws. Ooh. Yes, Razor Claws is an attachment. A weapon traded attachment. Attached to the minion with the highest printed hit points. If you cannot, it gains Surge. Now, this gives the attached minion plus Two attack and piercing. Their claws designed to shred steel and two boost icons. I do really like these claws. They're great. Because Miles doesn't have a ton of hit points and all those tricks that give you tough. This is a good counter for that. Yeah, his camouflage ability gives him tough. So this says, I don't care that you're tough. Right. I mean, yeah. the sad thing is that they go on a minion mm -hmm. only. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, every minion in this game, for the most part, gets one shot at it if. If it's necessary. Yeah. I mean, we should just right. insert a tagline here that says, unless you're playing Star-Lord, and this is the first of your seven encounter cards. I like your plan, except it sucks. So let me do the plan. And that way, it might be really good. I'm half human. So that 50% of me, that's stupid. That's 100% you. And the other ones are the, <laughs> the minion attacks you. I think we've probably talked people out of ever playing Star-Lord again. So. <laughs> be so good, everybody. I was going to say, I resemble that remark regarding Star-Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's a great card. Um, I just, you know, worry that it rarely, if ever, gets used. Yeah, luckily it could go on any minion. It doesn't have to be Prowler. Right. Um, so there's there's a chance it attaches to something. But for a minion, he has pretty high hit points. Yeah. So most likely him? I don't know. Yeah. Like, is it five on the high end? For named minions, no. Okay. Be nice if these attached to like Mystique. Yeah. Oh my goodness. After she gets that plus five hit point thing on her. Oh yeah. Yep. Then Mike just uses all of the She-Hulk resources. To... <laughs> that was insane. Killer. <laughs> uh, all right, fellas. You know what else he does? The Prowler slices and dices. This is a treachery, and there are two copies of this in the deck. When revealed, Prowler attacks the player with the fewest remaining hit points, even if that player is an alter ego. 
If that attack defeats a character or no attack was made this way, this card gains Surge, one boost icon. Okay, there's some well, positive and negative aspects to this card. Yes. I think. I love the, even if that player's in alter ego form. There it is right there that we yeah. were talking about. And it can be any player. Right. But it has to be Prowler. <laughs> it has to be Prowler. So again, this is the card that shows up only if you're playing Star-Lord. <laughs> or a four-player game. Maybe the encounter deck has one card when you pull Shadow of the Past. <laughs> so you shuffle these in and then... You get yeah, one of them. Yeah. Well, what it's missing is when revealed, go to the discard pile and get Prowler. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, if anything, it would it should make up for the fact that Prowler's probably not out there with three boost icons. But yeah, Will, have you ever had this trigger with Prowler on the table? No, not not at all. Prowler never survived a turn on the table. It's a very swingy card because that could do a lot of damage to the wrong person if it hits at the right time. It's it's a gambler's card. Usually it does nothing, but occasionally it might kill a hero. Yeah, it could. Right, it could take somebody out because they think they're safe in alter ego. He happens to be on the table. I think what has to happen is what, or what would most likely happen is Shadow of the Past will put out Prowler in the side scheme. You kill Prowler. These cards will, <laughs> these cards will come up. They'll go to the discard pile. Everything from this Nemesis set be in the discard pile. Then you'll shuffle it together, and then you have a shot at Prowler being on the table for Razor Claws to hit or Slice and Dice to hit. Right. Otherwise, like, probably just won't be around. Or if he is, you've done something, you know, you have other things that you're worried about, so you've left him on the table for some reason. Yeah. Well, Will, is our resident scholar of Prowler, does this Nemesis set do him justice? I don't think so. I, I, mm. re- I, I would like to say I do. Um, and... Okay, so I'm going to nitpick a little bit here, but I think it even comes down to the artistic choices they made. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, say more. So tracking prey, if you jump back to the uh, to that, yeah. that is the cover of Miles Morales Spider-Man number 11. This wasn't even when he was explicitly being a bad guy. Oh, really? Like, like this scenario that you see here, um, the, the tagline of this this cover is ultimatum is here and new york doesn't know what hit it in chasing this mysterious man from a mysterious place miles find himself in an awkward situation involving his (laughs) uncle (laughs) see will i look at this art and i feel like prowler is just trying to catch miles from falling yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah he's like oh you could tell the web's not solid it's all like bunched up yeah this is just an uncle trying to save his nephew this is this isn't prowler prowlering. This isn't this isn't a fight that's going out and at it. This is uh this is an uncle who's caring for his nephew. And if anything, I would say this entire set represents an uncle caring for his nephew by not really giving him a real nemesis. <laughs> oh why? Well, well, I hope you're right in that meta level critique of it. Absolutely. I'm looking for the uh, the Prowler hero set that should be coming soon. Yeah, like that's what right. I. Yeah, this this is kind of a heartbreaking set because thematically, like what it's trying to do, I love it. I love slice and dice. It really speaks to his hitman side, mm-hmm. but it it just it's too underwhelming in its execution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
Oh, well. So we're giving this one to letter grade, Mike. What do we say? Um, A for theme and uh, D for execution. Oof. Oof. <laughs> well, Will, what do you say for a letter grade on this one? I think I have to agree. You know, I, the theme is solid. I maybe would have switched up a few of the artistic choices, but the the execution, I'm just, I'm not even, Prowler isn't even making a dent in the storyline here, which I think mm. is a real thing. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Now, not knowing that that tracking prey, not knowing where that piece of art comes from, it's still a nice piece of art taken out of context. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the art, like the art on Slice and Dice is cool art. I don't know what the the story is behind it or whatever, but yeah, I think you guys are right with the nope. where, where you're putting your your choices. But Daniel, what's yours? What's your letter grade? Well, see now, I don't really know the Miles Morales story or what you know his uncle is to him, and I just look at this mechanically, and heck, most of these cards have the possibility of not even firing when they're drawn. Mm-hmm. So I gotta give this. One of my lowest grades ever, fellas. Mm-hmm. And I love this game, and I love all the designs for the most part. But this is a D plus. Yeah, seems, seems fair. It's just mis- it's whiffing, you know. I mean, yeah. we're villains. We're villains. We want more villainy, and we we generally like that side of it. We we want a nemesis set when it comes on, like because first off, you play what one every six games you might draw Shadow of the Past, right? Right. If that, I don't know what the who knows what that number is, but. It's not often, and when these things show up, they have to have a dramatic impact to everyone on the table, but mostly to the the hero that they're the nemesis for. And I don't see this guy doing that. Maybe Will's right. It's like, this is what a loving uncle looks like in this game. (laughs) Okay, so if you're trying to get your five-year-old into a game for the first time, you're like, hey, this is your introduction to card games. Did you give them Miles Morales because it's got this set in it? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I will say, if you have your nine-year-old that you want to play with for the first time. This is the exact set that we played. He played Miles Morales. He Good. asked to play Miles, and we played Miles. And he did not draw Shadow of the Past. I did. And Titania came out, and it was impactful. Uh, luckily, he I mean, he never got this, so we we didn't really know. So. Yeah. I mean, the last three cards, Razor Claws, Slice and Dice, Times 2, really are just Surge. All three of them, right? I mean, just Ra- Razor Claws works if you're putting in more of a if there's minions out minions, yeah. right yeah and you can do that you can set that up but it's also probably not going to work that's the only thing right yeah like, it, it depends like if you're gonna put it in, in the encounter phase yeah where then a three-player game we all have our turns to deal with the four point minion that this is on <laughs> like yeah i yeah maybe zola <laughs> ah, ah i got it i got it the uh Cree fanatic sure <laughs> <laughs> with plus two and piercing i want to oh, see okay. that now i want to see that i'm changing my grade if creep fanatic is in play this is an a plus <laughs> <laughs> oh sure if you put razor claws on um the sleeper uh, oh yeah uh, slice and dice on the sleeper sure all right well thank you okay. will we learned a lot tonight always a pleasure now we're gonna do a little side scheme here mm. uh daniel has a little solo project going I on. Do. I yeah, do. and this is not you leaving the band, right? You're not breaking us up. This is not my Yoko Ono. Okay, so why don't you tell us about it? Well, folks, 
I have another podcast that I'm doing. It's called The Canon Reviewed. Um, some of you may have know may know that I was an English teacher for 23 years, um, and I decided to leave the profession last year. And while I don't necessarily miss teaching, I sure miss talking about books. And so I made a podcast that looks at um, classic literature, thinking about whether or not it still is relevant to readers today. So in this podcast, I feel like my my role is to play the <laughs> the misinformed idiot. So for some of you, it might be interesting to see me talking about things I know about. Um, and so, yeah, that's what the this podcast is really fun. It's been a great project for me to kind of stay in the literary loop of my life. Um, it's called The Can Reviewed. And I hope you all check it out. Like, Mike, you said that you like hearing me talk about Loki and myths and stuff, just babbling on. Well, that's it. Oh, yeah. It's like 30 minutes of that. Yep. So yep. it is a weekly a weekly podcast. Um, I'll take one book and take somewhere between two to four episodes on it and just say really, you know, what I hope are smart and provocative and interesting things about it. Yeah, and, I've know. started listening. And it's you. You have a very enjoyable rhythm to the show the Thank whole you. you know you're obviously you know what you're talking about on that show uh, <laughs> exactly folks <laughs> yeah anyone who enjoyed your loki stuff i think will totally enjoy yeah the canon reviewed so yeah uh, as of this recording there's only a couple episodes out uh really interested to see where this is going because uh there's definitely some stories that i know are coming down the pipe that i'm really interested to hear your thoughts on Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's weekly. It's 30 minutes or so um, per episode. Trying to do that. Um, hey, remember when we were 30 minutes a show? I do. I do. Yeah. When was that? You know, this, and this I'm, also, you know, I'm trying to make a go of it in, you know, for my life moving forward as like a content provider. And, you know, it's, yeah. So it's on patreon.com. You can check it out. I'm I'm excited to do it. It's been fun to script out. And it's been fun to stay close to that thing I did for so long. Yeah, and I'll put a link in our show notes and uh, on our so social media again so folks can well, find thank it. Thank you, yeah. But yeah, this is definitely, it's not, I'm not leaving you guys. Well, that's good. Because <laughs> I have fun being a moron with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, please check it out, everyone. I, I'm Really would love to hear what you what you think about it. So that's that's my solo pro that's my side scheme, Steve. Awesome. Well, if folks want to tell us what they think about this show, how can they do it, Mike? Hey folks, you we want to hear your thoughts on the prowler. Or you know, maybe maybe you've already moved on. You're still listening to the canon reviewed as of the time of this airing. In which case, great. Uh Thank let you. us let Daniel know how he's doing. <laughs> uh you can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Love, Wandering Two, and Funky Monkey Monk. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Prowler, take us out. I'll give you one piece of advice. Don't let me find you.